good to be able to worship. And sometimes, um, it, I love what the Holy Spirit's doing. He kind of gets us out of that religious mode of uh, three fast songs and two slow by um, allowing us to worship even longer than some of us are even comfortable with. And what it does is it, it breaks us out of that the mold of religion, and it, and it causes us to really go, wait a minute, this is going long. How many of you have felt that? This is kind of going long. And then after that, you kind of start to relax and encounter heaven, encounter the Father in that last place, in that last 10, 15 minutes, you know? So I just am so thankful for the opportunity to encounter God and not just sing a song. Amen? So um, this morning, I'm, I'm talking to you about, uh, I'm doing a series on the kingdom of heaven. And, um, and uh, I felt a real unction uh, coming up, even during the spring, that the Lord was really on the message of heaven there's a lot of movies out talking about heaven. Uh, there are books out. There are articles. There are magazine covers, all talking about this thing called heaven. And um, and I told uh, the leadership team, I said, you know, I really am feeling like I want to talk about heaven. And they're all like, the millennial reign? What are we talking about? And I and I was like, no, no, I want to talk about heaven and how we have access to heaven now. We don't have to wait until we die to begin to access heaven we we jesus came so that we could live and we could live abundantly by accessing the resources of heaven and and the and the truth is that is that we are called to live out of that place and to bring heaven to the earth and so i want to do a review a little bit about what i spoke on last week and i hope that you brought your bibles as instructed and of course a journal um, John was preaching some of my message that we are that we are created to seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, that right living and the righteousness of God, and then everything else will be given to us. And um, I, I don't know about you, but I really want the all else. I want the all else that's supposed to be given to me. Um, and, and, and so I want to seek that relationship, and I want to seek that, that, the heart and the knowledge of God. I want to seek to know this man and to fall in love with him. And I don't want to go, I want to stop going to heaven to get my needs met. Because it's almost like we're, we're, we're eating um, of, of trash and not eating of gold. Because we're, we're, uh, we're created now to access a place called heaven and to bring heaven to the earth. But a lot of us are staying on the earth and asking heaven to bless what's going on in our lives or to rescue us. And even though God will do that and he's good, he's a good father and he's going to help us as we're maturing in the faith. But beloved, I'm telling you, it is time for the church to grow up and begin to understand what Jesus was talking about when he was telling telling us about the kingdom. We need to learn how to ascend into the presence of heaven where we are seated with Christ. Where we are seated with Christ. Where is Christ? He's at the right hand of the Father. Where are you? You're seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father. Come on. Come on. This is good news. You are royalty. I am royalty. I want to start living like I am sitting next to the king of glory all the time. 
So since Christ came and he gave me access to the Father, why would we choose not to go there? Why would we think that we couldn't go there? Why would we choose not to do this thing called the ascension, the great ascension? Why? And I believe that it's because we didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't understand because the gospel of salvation was was what was preached to me. I didn't understand that there was a kingdom of heaven. I didn't understand that there was a place called heaven that I could access while I was on the earth. My prayer life consisted of a list. I had a list of things that I needed to get done and and emergencies that I needed to to get solved. And so I needed God to come down and fix everything in my life so that I could live a peaceful life. But he said, well, okay, I I can help you out because you're young in the faith, and I'm going to come in and I'm going to be a good father because a good father is going to give good gifts to their kids, right? He doesn't leave us or forsake us, but he helps us to grow up in him. But there's really a point where he continues to draw us in, where he's saying, all right, now it's really time for you to go through the doorway that I created for you to walk into. Because in Revelation 4.1, he said to John, John had already had an encounter with Jesus, and Jesus was already coming before him with the eyes that were like a flame of fire, standing before him and saying, I am the beginning and the end. This is who I am. Now, there, and then he talks to the seven churches. Then he says, there is now a doorway available for you. And he says this, does he say, I'm going to come down there. No, he says, come to me. Come up here to me. I want you. He says, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Jesus said in in John 17, I want you to be with me where I am. So there's something going on in the realm of heaven that has been planned and purposed for your life from the beginning of time. And God has it in his heart. And so instead of all of us functioning in the earth without actually going to heaven to see what's going on in the plans and the purposes that God has for our life on a day-to-day basis, right? This is where we need to live. We need to live in the place of heaven and then bring heaven down to the earth. Okay. Can we all agree? So the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are synonymous. Jesus uses this phrase interchangeably. He says this, I'm still in review. He says this, that it's a mystery and it's not for those that have earthly minds. It's not for those who have humanistic mindsets because the human mind and the mind of the wise of the earth cannot understand the mysteries of the kingdom. Why? Because he said this is actually a supernatural natural understanding. It is is for spiritual eyes and spiritual ears. That's why he continued to tell us those that have the ears to hear and those that have the eyes to see. So he's saying that you cannot see the kingdom with your natural eyes. You cannot understand the kingdom with your natural mind. We have to allow ourselves to shift into the spirit realm where we can see with the eyes of our heart and we can hear with the ears of our understanding. 
This does not come by human thinking. All of the things that we learned in the universities in America will not teach you about the wisdom of heaven. They will teach you about the wisdom of man, which is not going to get you where you need to go in God. All right? So where is this kingdom located? Thank you, Vince. Can you come here and stand? I was going to give you an opportunity to model the kingdom, but okay. (laughs) The Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is within us. Not here and there, but it is within us. So, so, okay, here's the kingdom of God in Tracy. Wait, all right, here it is, the kingdom of God in Tracy. Come on. I had a dream last night that I was telling somebody about Jesus in me. And, and that wherever I went, it's like Jesus was clothed in me. And so the kingdom of heaven, you're bringing that reality wherever you go, right? And so as I was talking about last week, I was talking about the third heaven, right? And how to go to the place of the third heaven. Turn in your Bibles to um, 2 Corinthians 12. Because Paul talks about this, about going to the third heaven, which I don't know about you. How many of you want to go to the third heaven? Raise your hand. Oh, come on. The rest of you are lying. <laughs> you know you want to. You're like, oh, I don't know. That's pretty weird stuff. <laughs> come on now. Uh, all right. Um, 2 Corinthians 12. Okay, so Paul is talking about, or he's trying actually not to boast. Uh, 12.1. It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. <clears throat> I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. So he's like, I'm not going to boast about this, but (laughs) come on. I've been having some crazy encounters with Jesus. And then he goes in and he talks about himself in third person. He says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know. God knows such a one was caught up to the third heaven. Verse 3, and I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. So he repeats it. So he's saying, you know, it's weird because when you go to the place of heaven and you have these kind of encounters, even Paul himself is saying, I don't, guys, I can't even tell you whether it was in my body or out of my body. So he's saying, I don't know whether it was within the consciousness of my soul that I went to the third heaven or whether I was having an out-of-body experience like Enoch because it was so real, this encounter that I was having in in the third heaven. And he calls it, and then he goes on, hold on, glasses, how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which it is not lawful for man to utter. So he says he was caught up into paradise. Well, Jesus talked about this same paradise. Remember the thief that was on the cross with him, and he said, this day you will be in paradise with me. It's also referred to, he talks about it in the book of Revelation. And this place of paradise is in the third heaven, and it's a garden. It's referred to as a garden. So we go before him, and, and, and in that place where we ascend into the heavenlies in prayer, we're actually going to a garden. Isn't that amazing that he takes us back to the original place, that there's a garden, there's a tree of life, there's a place that we're going to eat from, we're going to eat from that tree, and, and that's going to be our daily bread. 
when I, when I had an encounter with God once and he took me um, up to heaven, I was laying on my bed and I actually felt an ascension happening. I felt myself leave myself and I don't know how to ex- describe it anything other than that. And, and I thought, oh, what's happening? <laughs> and I knew that what was happening was really important. And I knew that what was happening is that I was having an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I, I was having an encounter. I was being taken somewhere. And I thought, I should get a pen and write this down because something important is about to happen. But I couldn't move. I couldn't. I couldn't move my hands. I couldn't move anything. It was like I, was, I would, had been taken captive by the Holy Spirit. And all of the sudden, before me was a beautiful garden. And um, everything in that garden was alive. The air was alive and had texture. The flowers were alive and had texture. And, and the streams were alive. And everything communicated with everything else. And there was a sound in that place that was unlike anything I've ever heard since or before. And it, it, it sounded like the most perfect song that I've ever heard sung, but yet it, it was without words. And it was a melody that was, that was not of the earth. And, um, and so Jesus walked up, and his face was like the sun. I couldn't see his face. He walked up, and and these uh, five other men walked up, three on his left and two on his right, and they were like shadowy figures. I really couldn't see them, but Jesus began to talk to me, and as he began to talk to me, he began to um, say these most incredible, unutterable things, the things that that I thought, they're inexpressible. They're, 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 uh, uh, you know, they're so remarkable. I've never heard anything like this. And, and the words would come up, and I could see them, and they would go into my spirit, and they would disappear into my spirit. And I thought, oh, no. They just left. They went inside me. And then the very uh, last thing that he said to me, he said, um, in the days to come, worship is going to be very important. I'm like, yeah, that's the only thing I left with. (laughs) Okay. But here's why I think that is. The kingdom of heaven. This year, I believe that this door is open. And here, and I want to, um, a little bit further, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I want to talk to you about the four ways to enter into this place of heaven. How do we do it? How do we enter into this place of heaven? But first, I want to tell you that I believe that this year is a really important year. Remember when I told you at the beginning of the year that it was the Hebraic year of 5774? which was Ayan Dalet. It's the year of the open door. And I can tell you that God is bringing his kids back up to where they belong. That we are going to rule and reign with him in heavenly places and bring what is in heaven on the earth. I believe he's releasing once again the revelation of what kingdom life truly looks like to the body of Christ as a whole. I believe there have been people all throughout history that have tapped into this reality and they've done great things for the kingdom. And everybody's like, you know, we want to do what they're doing. And they looked at the doing, but they didn't look at the getting. 
So they looked at the things that they were doing and the power that they were flowing in, and they all said, we want the power, but yet it was, it was that connection with the vine that the branches were producing fruit from. So it was that connection with heaven and that ability to ascend to the place of heaven, to stand before the Father and to hear what the Father is saying so that they could go down and release what the Father is saying and to see what the Father is doing and go down and do what the Father is doing, right? I don't know about you, but I get, if I get away from this place, I began to do activities that are out of my fleshly nature, and I can, and, I, and I'll start to know, and this is how you know. How do you know? Do you know how you know? You know because you begin to get stressed. You begin to get worried. You begin to think and strategize in your own mind how you can accomplish the things that God's told you to do. Because you've stopped accessing the secret place and the will of the Father to bring all of heaven down to earth. Because once you go to the place of heaven and God says, Here's what I want you to do. And you go, okay. And so then you go and you walk in that business meeting and you're like, I got the word of the Lord. He already told me. And so no matter what happens in that business meeting, you have the word of the Lord. And so you're not all stressed out and worried and losing sleep at night because God has already spoken and it has already been done. Right? This is such a practical way to live. There would be no depression. There would be no stress. I wouldn't have gray hair, right? You wouldn't, well, I mean, you know, John wouldn't have gray hair. (laughs) (laughs) On earth as it is in heaven. So C.S. Lewis said this, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. Aim at heaven, and everything that your heart desires will be fulfilled, and it will go above and beyond your expectations. Because you cannot comprehend what God has in store for you. It's so far beyond what you can think and imagine. I'm telling you, we are either going to get this or we're going to continue to live and have to to plow the earth from the sweat of our brow. But Jesus died so that we no longer had to do that, but we can access and follow the things of the Spirit. All right, this is how we begin. Luke told us in in Acts that we were the rebuilt tabernacle of David. You are the rebuilt tabernacle of David. You are that place. And the tabernacle of David was not Solomon's temple. The tabernacle of David, the tent of David, is what David erected in his backyard. It's a thing he put up that that had no walls. Everybody had access to it. It was the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant. And he said, now everybody has access to this reality. And it's come to live inside you. You are the rebuilt tabernacle of David that God rebuilt without human hands. So... So now the kingdom of heaven is living inside of us, and it's a place of intimacy and relationship with the Father. We enter into his presence, but this requires something from us, and it's our most precious resource. Who knows what it is? Is it money? It's time. 
our most valuable resource. Did you know that there's no time in heaven? There's no time in heaven. Time was made for the earth. So what is the most valuable resource that we can give him? And it is our time. We cannot approach God, the God of the universe, as a fast food God and a fast food lifestyle. He is the uncreated one. Prayer is love. Prayer is intimacy. Prayer is revelation. Prayer is tapping into the mysteries of the entire universe that's held up in the hand of a man. He said the seven stars, he holds the seven stars in his hand. He tells us who he is over and over again. And he's saying to the church, will you fall in love with me? Will you fall in love with me? Will you prefer me? Will you come away with me? Will you, I'm going to draw you into myself because I want you to live out of this place so that you're going to be successful. And if we do this, we don't have to worry about sin because in the Father's presence, he takes care of all of that for us. He told us in Ephesians this, that we are to go there in this secret place where his goodness, his creativity, his nature, his thoughts, his wisdoms. Ephesians tells us that the intent or the purpose that now the manifold wisdom of God might be known to you to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, that the manifold wisdom of God is now going to be poured out into you, that you now can partner with him, that you would make known the manifold wisdom of God to your business partners, that you would make known the manifold wisdom of God to the university professors, that you would make known the manifold wisdom of God to your children, that you would make known the manifold wisdom of God to the lost, that the manifold wisdom of God would now be seen in the earth through us. Prayer is an opportunity not to let God know what we expect of him so that he'll bless what we're doing. You know, we can't go. Here's the thing about prayer. Here's what prayer is. Prayer is an encounter with the living God where he, in his own thundering way, with his voice that is so still and quiet and small and tender. But what it's not, he's not a gimme, gimme, gimme God. He's not the God that says, hey, I really need my ministry to grow, so I'm going to have a prayer life in order to see that happen. I really need my business to prosper, so I'm going to have a prayer life in order to see that happen. God, beloved, he is taking us beyond that reality of saying, I want to be successful, therefore I'm going to pray. How about this? I want to know the God of the universe, therefore I want to be drawn into this encounter, into this relationship with you. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So basically, something, like I said before, something's going on in heaven that he wants us to know about. Turn in your Bibles to um, Matthew 6. 
So let's start this. He says, there's a secret place. And he said, I want you to go to this secret place. Um, So he tells us how to pray. Matthew 6. Verse 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites or those who are just act or pretend to pray. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues or on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. When you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. Now, is the secret place talking about your closet? No. He said, pray to your father because your father is in a secret place. That word secret means that your father is in a hidden place. The father has hidden himself in a secret place. For there is nothing hidden that will not be revealed, Jesus says, nor has anything been kept secret that will not come to light. He said in Matthew 13, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field with a, which a man found and hid and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and he buys that field. Once you, you see and taste of this hidden place, you go, whoa. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This isn't just religion. This isn't just tradition. This isn't just going to church on Sunday. This is something that's alive. This is something that, 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 that has so much on it, so much it's texture, so much love, so much um, emotion. Uh, this is something different than what I thought. He draws all of the resources of heaven into his life. He, he's saying, listen, all of the resources of heaven are stored up in this hidden place, this secret place in God. And he said, for those that come to the secret place to draw out these resources, you can use those resources for your life. Luke 19, 42, Jesus is looking at the city of Jerusalem and he says, listen, if you had known this, even you, especially in your day, which was the day of their visitation, that they did not know Jesus. They did not know that this man was God, the day of their visitation. And he said this to them, especially this is your day. You didn't know it. The things that were made for your peace. But now he said, I am hiding them from your eyes. So he is taking their eyes so they can no longer see. And he's saying, I'm not going to allow you to have these spiritual eyes so that you can look into this kingdom. Because you did not, because you rejected me and you didn't know the day of your visitation. So, so what we can, what we can understand from this, this scripture is that there are eyes that can be opened, but Jesus has hidden the eyes of others. That's why he said that the eyes of the wise cannot see this place. Because when you get into that humanistic mindset, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you cannot see the things of the kingdom. There are four steps of venturing into intimacy with God. And we're going to use the example of the Songs of Ascent that was written in the Psalms. The Psalms of Ascent are Psalms 120 to 138. The Psalms of Ascent... That word ascent, it's in the Bible. And these psalms are called the psalms of ascent. That means to go up. 
And these psalms were used by the children of Israel as they journeyed up Mount Zion. Where do you want to go? You want to go up to the mountaintop. You want to go up to the mountain of God. Okay, so what these are used for is these are psalms of ascent, and they're called that. Each one of them are labeled. It's very simple. And so you look at these psalms, and these psalms, what they were doing is they were preparing the hearts of the children to then encounter the presence of God. So they helped to prepare the pilgrims to encounter this place. These, and and, and um, what they did is the first thing you want to do when you enter into the place of your prayer life is you want to acknowledge and declare who God is. That means in these psalms, what they do is they help, and I would encourage you to read them and start getting these psalms in because at the entry point, what you want to do when Jesus told us to pray, he said, this is how I want you to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, where is he? He's in the secret place. He's in the hidden place. He's in the heavenly places. He said, I want you to say, uh, you are holy. Okay, I'm declaring who God is. So you begin to declare the nature and the character of God. And I would really encourage you to say it out loud because you're actually speaking to, to the realm around you and you're also speaking to your own spirit. That as you begin to declare the nature of God out loud, you'll begin to see that your, your soul begins to get postured and positioned under the authority of heaven. Holy is your name who dwells in heaven, the secret place. This is everything that God has done. This would include, these songs include acknowledging God's historical work. So God, I, I love Psalm 24. That's one of my favorites. Um, you know, just saying, God, you are majestic. You have, you are the God of the heaven and the earth. You know, the earth is filled with your glory and, and just begin to, 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 to say these kind of things back to him because this is what heaven is already proclaiming. What's going on in heaven? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Heaven is singing the characteristics of who God is and you're joining in with heaven. No, that was all number one. Number two, entering in the gates of his temple, not with prayers of gimme, 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 but with thanksgiving. So when you begin, number two, so you're declaring the nature of God, number one. Number two, what you're going to do is you begin to say, God, thank you. Thank you for everything that you've done in my life. Thank you. And you begin to, to, to thank him not only for who he is, and, and, um, but also in Psalm 100 gives us a key to this, but, but you begin to thank him for everything he's done, everything he's done in the past. Thank you, God, that you saved me while I was still a sinner, but everything that he's doing in the future. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes in our lives, you know how it's really difficult to, to like find something to thank him for. Yeah. Right. There was one time when John and I, and, and praise the Lord, God, the Lord is really blessing uh, John's business and. We, but there were seasons when things were really hard. And there was one season of our lives where um, we had to sell our house and we had to sell our cars. And thank goodness that we had a house to sell. Praise the Lord. You know, there you go. Thank, thank, be thankful. Thank you, Lord, that I'm selling my house. <laughs> and my car. And the boat. And, you know, those goes on. Anyway, 
So then during that same season, our daughter had a terrible accident and, and is now quadriplegic. So I had that, we had that on top of everything else. And so we had um, this, this whole scenario of a season that we went through of just real brokenness. And, um, but, but my prayer life couldn't change into uh, pity, pity, pity. But, it was, but I had to find something to thank him for, but I couldn't come up with anything. And so I had to get really creative. And that's the way you feel sometimes. You're like, you know, I just feel like the weight of the world has fallen down on my shoulders. But, we, but I would find these little things like, thank you, Lord, that I have hair. That's about as good as it got some days. Thank you, Lord, that, um, you know, I mean, I would have to get real. I mean, I was digging. I'm th- uh, marriage. We love, still love each other. And, you know, so, so, you know, you have to get, but, but, but stay in that place because you want to enter in through that gate. So you're like, okay, there's something I can find to be thankful for. And listen, here's the thing about thankfulness is you can't, fa- this isn't a, Fake it till you make it thing. You have to be sincere in your thankfulness. You can't be like, oh, thank you, but I'm really still resentful, God, because, you know, my life isn't fair, and these things are happening to me aren't fair. So I really have bitterness in my heart, and I'm really judging my other brothers because they're all succeeding, and I'm not, and I'm in the pit, and they're all this. And, you know, you can come up with all the scenarios of why you're mad at God. But really, you know, just wrestle that out and, and mourn appropriately before God, and he'll take it away from you, and then you can be thankful. <laughs> Next, to gain access to his courts, praise, right? We enter his courts with praise and give thanks and praise to his name. And so here you are, you, you come through this place of the gates, and now you're in his courts and praising his name, okay? That was number three. Three. Thankfulness, declaring the nature of God, number one, declaring who God is. Number two is thankfulness. Number three is praising him for all that he's done, giving thanks and praise. And you can actually, number three, go back and forth, praising him for all of these done, thanking him for all of he's done, praising to his name. I praise you, Father. I praise you. Thank you, Father, for everything that you've done. I worship you, God, over everything, that, whoever, who you are and what you've done. Okay? So y'all get it. So it's, a, it's, a, it's almost like a movement. It's like a dance that you're doing with him. And number four, the final movement takes you into the holy place. And what I found is that um, a lot of people stop at number three, and they'll, they'll enter into the courts, but they'll never, they won't take the time to actually press through into the holy place. And, and, and because in the courts, you're still, um, you're still there and you're still feeling the presence of the Lord, but you know you haven't actually broken through. And for me, I can tell you that when I break through, I'm, I'm, I'm crying. 
Because I've just, I'm standing before the Father. I'm there with the Father. I'm having encounters with the Father. I'm having visions of the third heaven. I'm seeing things that are, that are, that he's taking me to rooms. I've been to the, I've been to the body part room. I've been to the treasury of heaven where there's just gold. And I've been to, there's jewels there, you know, and all of these things that we have access to, by the way, you definitely want to go there. You want to go to that treasury room because that's a cool place. Come on. Anyway, um, this is really a deep level of worship. And a lot of this sounds like it's a model, doesn't it? So this last place is really a place of deep worshiping him in spirit and truth. And you'll know when you get there. In the days to come, worship is going to be very important. That's what he said to me. It is this worship that is going to open this door. And it is the worship to Jesus. Jesus is the door. We walk through Christ to get through this door. This door has been opened for us. And now we have to practice the presence of God. We have to practice the presence of God. Just like Brother Lawrence said, we have to practice this. And, and when I first began, it was really hard for me to do this because I had a very active soul life. But as I've grown in this, it's be, I've become much more adept at it. And, I, and, and, and so it doesn't take as long. I can enter in right away because I know how to get there. I know how to get there. Next Sunday, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be talking about your spiritual senses and how to access your spiritual senses how to really cultivate the eyes and the ears in order to hear and see when you get to this place. You know, I mentioned earlier about this being a model. And, and I want to tell you flat out, Jesus gave us a model. He said when the disciples asked, how do we pray? And he said, this is how you pray. This is how you pray. It's in the book of Psalms. David understood how to ascend, and he, and he wrote about it. He wrote about how to go there. I enter your courts with thanksgiving. And so he began to lay it out for us of how to go to the place where God is, how to get to God within us how to get to him, how to open up that doorway so that we can hear and see. Amen? Now, I know it's gone a little long today, and thank you so much for bearing with us. But next week, I really want to encourage you to come because I wanna, we want to uh, share with you really what he's talking about, the illumination of the eyes and the ears and how to cultivate that. And there's about, there's about six steps that are involved in really walking out how to have the spiritual eyes to see and the spiritual ears to hear. And so I want to encourage you to join us again next week. Um, okay, so why don't we, uh, worship team, come up, and I want to pray for y'all. If there's anybody that has sickness in your body, please come up. If you need a prophetic word, please come up. We want to pray for you. We want to release a word over you. Um, if you really want this for yourself and you're having, uh, if you're really struggling in a place of prayer and it's difficult for you to ascend, I want you to come up and, and because this is for you. 
This is for every single one of us. It's not for the super spiritual, but every single one of us are called to live out of the place of heaven. So let me just pray for you. And the rest of you are welcome to um, go and be released and enjoy your Father's Day. Well, Father, I just thank you. I thank you, Father, that um, there is a place that is a secret place in God that you've prepared for us to find. God, I just say today that we want to be kings and we want to search out these treasures. That we don't want to eat of the earth, but we want to eat of heaven. We want to eat of manna and we want to eat of this tree of life. Living waters. God, we love you and we thank you for all that you've done for us. That you sent your only begotten son so that we can have life and have it abundantly. Father, thank you that you called us to live a life that's stress-free. We don't have to worry about whether we're going to be successful anymore because we have a good Father. And all we have to do is be like kids. You said be like a child. have to do is do what I tell you. It's so easy. So Father, I pray this morning where there are heavy yokes, God, that you would break them off. That you would release that light and easy place. We just knock on that door. We knock on that door this morning. We say, God, let us in. We're hungry. We're hungry. that you would bless us this morning. I just bless you in Jesus' name and I thank you. I thank you. I'm so excited for what God has for all of you. If your heart leapt this morning, I just want you to know that this is for you. If there was a thing in your heart that said, I want that, I want that for my life, The Holy Spirit heard that. He heard what you just said. And He is a good Father and will answer that cry. That small voice is coming to your life. So God, we love you. We bless you. We thank you, God. morning God we want to ascend we don't want to we don't want to be earth dwellers we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God we are sons of the living God we dwell in the place of heaven and we release your heaven your will in the earth God 